Mark Larson has written a new book called Ensemble, an oral history of Chicago theater. And it, and it just might be the definitive history of theater here in Chicago. So I think it's fair to say, Mark, that you are the Boswell of Chicago <laughs> theater. Is that right? Well, at least for the moment. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 661, Glory of Ensemble. Mark Larson has written Ensemble, an oral history of Chicago theater, a massive and wonderful biography of the history of Chicago theater from the 1950s onwards, told by an incredible number of the people who actually made that Chicago theater history. People like Alan Arkin, recent Tony winner Andre DeShields, Laurie Metcalf, Mary Zimmerman, Michael Shannon, Regina Taylor, Brian Dennehy, RSC alum David Rozowski, David Schwimmer, and literally hundreds more. I sat down with Mark recently outside on a beautiful Chicago summer day to talk about not only the process of writing ensemble and gathering so many still living voices, but the next steps in preserving his research and sharing the many voices that wouldn't fit in the already massive book. What struck me so strongly about the book is that there's very little of you. I expected more of you making an argument or you framing the conversations in a way that used these amazing interviews that you've conducted over four years uh, in a way to prove a point. And what you do instead is just let the people who made Chicago theater history talk. Was that, the, was that conscious? That was very conscious, yeah. yeah. We wanted them to uh, tell their own story yeah. because the story to me is just so amazing and so powerful. And yeah, I wanted to get out of the way. I, <laughs> to be honest, though, um, when I first started, I did sort of see it as, here's my journey through the Chicago theater community, into the nooks and crannies, all the little places, all the big places, right. backstage in the green room. And I was sort of a character in it, yeah. but not making a point, but right. just, you know, a character in it. Yeah. And piece by piece, we started eliminating those. Oh, interesting. And then it, it came to the point where you've got one in a chapter, it's like, bye. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah right, yeah, you've, 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 you put yourself into it, and you go, oh, I'm the least interesting character here. I'm completely uninteresting. <laughs> right. And, and as my editor said, you know, you've got a lot of voices in there already. You don't need yours. So. Well, and one of the other things that struck me about the book, I mean, it's fascinating because it's filled with names that obviously people will recognize, like uh, like Laurie Metcalf from Steppenwolf and, and, and John Mahoney and Alan Arkin and um, um, great names from Second City, Ed Asner going all the way back, you know, Tracy Letts, the actor, now great playwright. Um, it's filled with those names, but it's also filled with all the histories of these companies. You know, for instance, I know Mark Grapey, but now that I've read your book, I know the story of his theater, which I, I, and, and that was wonderful. I saw him on the 4th of July. I said, hey, I now know the story of Famous Door because <laughs> yeah. of your book. I mean, it's, it's, it, I, I, it makes me feel like a part of the Chicago theater community even more so than I, I mean, I barely am. But I, I, wonder, I wonder if it's going to make other readers feel that way, too. I, I really hope so. Yeah. You know, when you think of audience, 
an obvious audience is the theater community itself, and you're hoping that they're going to like the portrait of themselves. Yeah. And, um, but then I, I'm also hoping that others outside of Chicago, including New York and including Los Angeles and other places, will get a better appreciation for what's here and how much of what they know on a on a larger scale really originated here too. And did you did you decide to call it ensemble? before you wrote it or once you started the, the conversations and realized what you had? It, ensemble came pretty quickly okay. because I kept hearing from people that this place operates as a kind of a large ensemble yeah. or a large repertory company. And that concept really interested me and I saw it played out in so many ways. Um, Jeff Sweet, who wrote uh, Something Wonderful right away, told me real early on that at one point, somebody who was in the book said, you know, I thought it was just a gig. I didn't know I was part of a history. Yes. You know, and I'm I'm hoping that there'll be a little bit of that for people. A hundred percent. You know, I'm a second citizen by marriage <laughs> because <laughs> D was there at Second City in the first half of the 90s. And so I am proud of that association that she has. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, it's it's and, and, and now having been in a couple of shows here in Chicago at Looking Glass and at Northlight, I, and it was fun to read about Northlight. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I now I, I do feel like I'm a part of a greater thing. How how are you able to um, articulate the difference between Chicago and New York and L.A.? I, you know, having never lived in either place mm-hmm. and only visited both, um, I can't really speak from personal experience. I can I can talk to you about it, though, in terms that others have shared with me. Right. People who have either lived there or have worked there and then come back. And I think it, I, I worry a little bit about making a generalization and mm-hmm. making a stereotype about it. Right. This is this is the stuff I hear. Yeah. One is that you go to LA and there's not as much emphasis on the work itself and working with everybody. It's more of a showcase. Just yeah. de facto because that's how it works there. Mm. So I'm in a show, I'm hoping somebody'll see me. I've got to shine. If I'm cast in something, I'm sorry, I'm out. Yeah. The people that I've talked to in Chicago say that's a distinct difference right there. Yeah. You know, yeah, that it, makes sense. I remember somebody in the thing saying, "You come to Chicago to do the work; you go to New York to show it off." Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was Doug Wright, actually, okay, the playwright. Right, that's right. Um, and there have been variations on that. Um, and then New York too. Uh, Dave Cromer told me this thing that uh, Gary Griffin, the director, told told him or said in a panel. I can't remember what it was, but that in New York, it really it's 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 a for-profit model. Chicago's more of a non-profit model. Mm. So you can take all kinds of risks if you want. Right, right. And um, somebody told me, I thought this was so interesting, that there's a sense among the audience here, too, that they're in on it. And what what's neat about that is they get very invested then in, in different people. You know, a, a playwright, Ike Holter, for example, mm-hmm. they'll follow that. And because they're kind of following the whole picture, they might say, God, that was a shitty show. I'm, I'm eager to see what you do next. That's right. an interesting attitude. And yeah. I think that might be unique to Chicago. I was thinking the exact same thing because somebody asked me, uh, it was Elizabeth Dennehy, in fact. She, <laughs> Elizabeth Dennehy asked me, she, you know, why did ensemble take hold in Chicago? This concept of ensemble. That's a great question. And I, and I think it's this very thing that you're talking about. Because I've told students that the best place to come after college is come to Chicago. Because not only can you 
just do your work. You can find people to do your work with. You will get an audience because people in Chicago go to theater the way the rest of the country goes to movies. They just mm. go, you know. Um, and I think you're 100% right. And I also got the feeling in your book is that ensemble includes the audience, but also all the staff, all the administrators. The, the landlords, some of them are better than others, yeah. you know, the, the, the ushers, I mean, it's all, we're all in. The board members, we're all in this uh, uh, together, and, and, and Chicago seems to understand that in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that I think other people, other maybe areas, cities don't. I think that's a point of pride for them, too. Yeah. They talk about it in that way. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can be over-romanticized. It's sure. not like, there's not friction, there's not problems oh, here. God knows. And God knows there's people left out of things and who gets the funding and all that that, right. that happens. But there is a pervasive sense that we are in, a, in this together. Yeah. The other metaphor, let's mix metaphors. The other metaphor I heard a lot was that it's like an ecosystem. Yeah. And so when you think of an ecosystem, all the elements play their specific role, no matter how small right. or seemingly small, right? right? Think, of, think of if we lose the bees right now. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. It, it operates in that way. And I think that's a point of pride for everybody, too. They're all a part of it. They all know that they're contributing. What was um, you have interviews with so many great folks. Were there any were there any great white whales you didn't get to talk to that you really wanted to for whatever reason through death or their lack of interest? <laughs> you know, um, I remember saying to my wife early on that there's not there's no one person that if I don't get them, this whole thing falls apart. Right. And that's part of the <laughs> nature of the place, though, yeah. too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I as, as I wasn't anxious about, oh, I've got to get so-and-so yeah. or else I don't have a book. Right. You know, um, somebody could write a piece of fic nonfiction like this mm -hmm. and they, there might be a linchpin in this whole thing. And if you don't get that person... Yeah. You, you don't have a story. Well, and what was interesting, too, is to discover not so much the voices of people that you didn't get to talk to. Like, I, 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 was, I don't think you talked to Elaine May. I was just going to say, if there is a white whale, it's, it's Elaine May. Well, mm. You know, and, and you know, there have been so many biographies written of, of Mike Nichols where there, there, there's yet to be written the great biography or any biography that yeah. I know of of Elaine May. Um, you know, so she's a voice that I thought, oh, we'll get to hear from her. Oh, we didn't. But you kept hearing, there's a couple of names that keep popping up throughout the book. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of Bernie Sollins and Richard Christensen, um, two men who span generations of, of theaters and communities that grew up uh, and, and, and thrived or, or didn't thrive. And yet they were supportive voices from generation to generation to generation. Um, Joyce, Joyce Sloan. And Joyce Sloan, of course. Yes. Um, it feels like they're uh, Sheldon Patinkin. Yeah, yeah. You know, these these guys who were associated with uh, all of them except Rich, Richard Christensen was a former critic for the Chicago Tribune. The other three names we mentioned, Patinkin, Solins, and Joyce Sloan, were involved with Second City for many, 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 many years. And in, in fact, Patinkin and Solins go back to the Compass Players, yeah. um, I think. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but they were also great mentors to, like, the Steppenwolf crowd, other theaters around town. I mean, it was that kind of, that kind of legacy. I don't know whether that's unique, but it feels really great. There's, part of the legacy is that you help the new ones coming up. Yeah. And I see a whole lot of that happening. Mm -hmm. Derek Sanders, who was one of the co-founders of Congo Square, okay, told right. me, this is, this is, he ends the story with 
with this. He says, that's why I loved Chicago. That's why I, you know, mm -hmm. loved working here. The story was Congo Square was going to do Joke Turner's Come and Gone. It was going to be this pivotal production. They were doing it in conjunction with Goodman Theater. Right. It's a big deal. Not long before they were supposed to open, they came to him and said, we're out of money. We, we can't finish this set. We can't do tech. I don't know what we're going to do. And so he said, well, I'll check with the board. The board said, make these cuts. And he said, I can't do this. This is Joe Turner's come and gone. I can't compromise on this. And he said, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he got a call from Amy Morton. And she said, can you, can you come down to Steppenwolf? I want to talk to you. So he rushed down there to talk to her. And she did not know anything about their financial straits. But she said, you know what? I was part of a theater company called Remains. And we had some savings left over. And we always thought we'd come back and get the company going again someday. But that's not going to happen. And so we're looking at theaters that sort of did what we were doing or remind us. And so here's a check for $10,000. Oh. And it, he, gave, he said it gave them that week that they needed. Out of the blue. Out of, uh, totally out of the blue. He yeah. said she had no idea yeah. what we were going through. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I, I just think that's kind of indicative. And I've heard so many variations on that story. That's great. Hi, I'm Brian Dennehy, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our fall of 2019 tour of the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised begins next month with performances in Davidson, North Carolina, Greeley, Colorado, Arcata, California, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Bothell, Washington, Elmira, New York, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, East Lansing, Michigan for two nights, and Branchburg, New Jersey. We'll also perform the ultimate Christmas show abridged on December 14th in Pontiac, Michigan, and on three nights from December 20th to the 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona. And we will perform our 11th stage show, Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel in Rohnert Park, California on October 18th to the 20th, and then we'll perform it in Israel in November with performances in Jerusalem, Haifa, and two performances in Tel Aviv. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Mark Larson, whose phenomenal new book, Ensemble, An Oral History of Chicago Theater, comes out today, August 12th, 2019. I love the book so much, and uh, and you were nice enough to give me a, a, a PDF, uh, and so my the the copy on my iPad is just you know highlighted and underlined and, and lots of comments made. But now you I see you brought a copy here, and it's and it is a it is a doorstop. It's a massive um, collection of great uh, great artists telling great stories. It strikes me too that one of the great legacies maybe of the book itself is all 
the rough transcripts you must have, the, the audio files of the conversations you have. It just seems like a treasure trove for future historians who want to dive down into the history of the Congo Square, for instance, or, or Steppenwolf or Remains or whatever it is. The archives, both the paper archives and the audio archives, are going to end up in an institution right. somewhere. Um, we're already talking about that, and there's interest in it. Oh, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that, That's, too. Well, it's, I mean, it's going to be an invaluable research tool for, for future historians um, because even as big even as big as the book is yeah. most of it's not in there I was going to say, you interviewed me and Dee, and uh, we're, we're, I think we're the only ones who didn't make the cut. <laughs> well, that's not true. In fact, I, re I really lose sleep over the people who aren't there, you know, and the stories that they have. Well, I, and your acknowledgments at the end go on for days, you know. Of, yeah. yeah, so you're part of a long list there. But... Um, you and I and Dee are talking again because mm. I have a website that's now up, mm. EnsembleChicago.com, where a lot of this material is going to be. You know, some of the stuff that didn't get into the book that I really think is, is useful. Mm. But also, I've been meeting a lot of people since I finished this. I mean, you know, it really went... It was over. A, it was about a year ago that it started really getting edited, and you've got to leave this alone. Right. So. Right. Right. That's you know, books, books like plays are. You never finish writing them. You just yeah. abandon them. You, exactly right. You just walk away at some point, which isn't easy to do, as you know. What was the biggest surprise that you got in talking to mm. folks? And and while you're thinking of the answer to that. Was there anybody who said, oh, God, no, I don't want to talk to you? Well, maybe you don't want to drop any names if that's the case. But I would imagine who doesn't want to talk about themselves, you know? Well, we can conflate those two questions, actually. Okay. Because my biggest surprise was that people wanted to talk. Oh. That it was... My biggest surprise is that it was as easy as it was mm, yeah. to get people. There were a few that, that remained elusive. I could not get to John Malkovich. Oh, right. uh, Elaine May, though, is notoriously you know not forthcoming in interviewing and she doesn't want to do interviews right and and people know that it's part of her yeah um but i was that's the biggest surprise yeah and then i would get follow-up calls from people that i each person i'd call i'd think okay this is hubris i'm going way too far asking mm. for this person mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. they're in a whole nother category yeah. for me i shouldn't even ask yeah and then sure let's let's yeah. talk let's when can you do it and and then you'd get follow-up calls or an email that says, you know what I wish I'd mentioned? You know, there was that kind of thing. Yeah. That's my surprise. Well, it's so great to hear you say that because that's that's been the lovely surprise about my podcast huh. is all the people who have said, yeah, I'll talk to you. Why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> Did you ever get over that surprise? I mean, does it still surprise you? It still does surprise yeah, me a little it? bit. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a lovely... People are so nice. Yeah. That's a really weird and new thing to say, given, given <laughs> the times we're living in. Yeah, but they are. They're really nice. And maybe that's a Chicago thing. I don't know. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Mark Larson's book, Ensemble and Oral History of Chicago Theater, is available in all the usual places. And you can find more information about the book and explore the voices who didn't make it into the book at Mark's companion website, EnsembleChicago.com. 
Then send us your oral history via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Second City Training Center alum Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to at Ella Green Eyes on Twitter. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Brian Dennehy, who not surprisingly is in Mark's book. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 661-1983rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. You know, another demonstration of the theme of your book, of ensemble, is that I, I think you described yourself in your opening kind of chapter prologue as ensemble adjacent. Is that your word or is that my word? That's your word. That's my word. But you seem like you were on the very, on the fringes yeah. of the Chicago uh, uh, arts community. And I, I don't think that's true anymore, Mark. I got some bad news for <laughs> you. I think you are definitely part of the ensemble now. Do you feel that? The line I used actually was Joan Didion's, and she said, my place is at the edge of the story. Okay. And I, I think I said right after that, and I've, I realized I feel comfortable there, you know? Right. I, one of the things I wanted to do while I was working on it, I never wanted to pretend that I'm one of everybody. Right, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm, I'm a visitor. I'm fly on the wall. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting. Tom Wolfe, the author of The Right Stuff and the Electrical Aid Acid Test, recently passed away. Yeah. And the fa the big quote that came of him, you know, they were asking him, why do you wear all these white suits? He said, early on, I tried to blend in and pretend I was one of the people I was talking to. And they don't, people don't talk to that, but they're happily, they're more than willing to talk to a stranger. That's really You know, an observer. So I just said, I'm just going to emphasize my strangeness. Yeah. <laughs> Strange Nest. And I guess that I, you're not wearing a white suit, but, no. <laughs> but I'm strange. But <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.